I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Carolina with a fifth-ranked power play unit in the NHL going to work in the Detroit zone. Red Wings 25th overall. Now in front, Pilsen score! Sebastian Ajo on the power play. Another tic-tac-toe goal for Carolina. And they jump out to a 1-0 lead. Equal to the task. Pesci gets to it. Pesci leaves it for Faust, who takes a big hit from Fabry. He'll get it down low. Puck kept in. Bounces to Faust. He scores! Jasper Faust reads the play. Fortunate bounce. And a quick goal for Quickie. And Carolina's tied it at two. Kane's ten shots in this period. Now an 11 trying to get through. Knocked up back in. He'll score! The captain out front buries the loose change past Nidelkovic. And the Hurricanes have grabbed a 3-2 lead. Late in the third. Finds Bertuzzi who snuck past everybody. And on Ronta. Back in. Ronta stretches out and makes a massive save in overtime. And a two-on-one for the Canes the other way. Teravainen. He's got Trocek. Teravainen hits the post. He had Nidelkovic beat. Now Shea on the loose puck. Fabry. He's got a break in on Ronta. Ronta with the save. Another breakaway save for Ronta. And the Canes can go the other way with the puck. Just out of the reach of Stahl. Larkin. He lays that back. Sider with a shot. Blocked out for Bertuzzi. Rebound. Ronta. How did he get to that? Mercy. What a save on T. Ronta. Larkin tries to get it to Bertuzzi. Slavin knocks it away. Back up. Cedar out front. Another save. Open net. save from Ronta. The puck bounces to the Red Wings rookie. He finds the back of the net and this one will end with eight seconds left in overtime. 4-3. Detroit gets the win. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. Adam Gold with you after a Hurricanes 4-3 overtime loss to the Detroit Red Wings. Alec Campbell will join us in a few minutes. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for the exterior of your home. Aluminum Company of North Carolina can be found online, aluminumcompany.com, free to obligation estimate. If you're looking for siding, they've got it. Roofing, they have that. Windows, all sorts of windows, doors, all types of doors. They have everything you need for the exterior of your home online, aluminumcompany.com. So the Hurricanes' five-game winning streak comes to an end, but they get a point in a game where they probably weren't the better team. That's probably, they weren't the better team. Uh, Detroit, it's got speed. They've got skill. They've got youthful exuberance. They got good goaltending tonight from Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, he wasn't better than Ante Ranta, but his team was better than the Hurricanes were in front of Ranta. And uh, it all adds up to a 4-3 Detroit win. 
Um, honestly, take the point. Go to Washington uh, and go uh, go take a swing at the Capitals and then uh, the Penguins on a back-to-back Thursday, Friday, uh, before the Seattle Kraken comes into PNC Arena on Sunday. Um, Carolina really was not the better team in the first period. Ended up with a one nothing lead. They were definitely not the better team in the second, and it was even. Uh, third was a fun period, probably an even period. Uh, I think there was a uh, there was a time where Carolina was not as good, but they got it together, and uh, they kind of leaned on uh, Detroit a little bit. And you thought, oh my gosh, when Jordan Stahl scored the goal with just over three minutes left, you thought maybe, just maybe, or just under four minutes left, uh, that they were going to be able to kind of skate out of Little Caesars uh, with uh, uh, pizza, pizza, and two points. But didn't turn out that way. Brady Shea turnover. Uh, to me, bad turnover. Um, I know Rod Brindamore after the game said it fl- it, it jumped, basically jumped over uh, Brady's stick. I don't think it did. Uh, I think the uh, I think it he th- I think he just whiffed on a pass. Dylan Larkin right there takes the puck over Ranta, and that's that. It's a three-three uh, game. Three minutes to go. Carolina was probably fortunate to get it to overtime. Uh, Auntie Ranta was ridiculous tonight, and Carolina was a mess in overtime, which basically they've kind of been of late. They were okay in Philly. But their overtimes have not been, I think, as good as they need to be. Uh, they have the attention to uh, detail, the way you're supposed to play it. You know, it's, it's a possession game when you get to overtime. Uh, you're you're not. Uh, there's no shot clock. You're not obligated to shoot the puck. But Carolina has given possession away at times, uh, and they were bad with the puck in overtime, which is sort of like they were in the second period. And as they were at the end of the third, they're just bad with the puck. And the overtime period uh, was utterly dominant by uh, the Red Wings. And yet the Hurricanes probably could have ended the game. Uh, on one hand, Detroit was better. On the other hand, Canes led 3-2 late. So how do we... This is not the first time that's happened, right? Uh, was it... Uh, trying to think which game it was where you gave up the lead late. To, to Toronto, Right. I mean, Toronto was better than Carolina, even though that was a, a pretty fun game. Toronto was better than Carolina, but Carolina gives up the lead late. So it's like, how do I process this? Like, I shouldn't get a point, but we, sh- but then we should have gotten two. And I think that's the way this game felt. This game felt to me like not the better team, lucky to get a point, but should have gotten two. Uh, so you take that and you go to Washington, D.C. and to take your chance, take your shot at the Washington Capitol. On one hand, again, Canes could have easily won the game when Tara Vine hits the post, inside of the post, in overtime. Uh, on the other hand, their decision-making was a mess. So they kind of got what they deserved. Uh, first time in 10 games, they allowed a power play goal that was not a two-man advantage. The power play goal they have allowed in this span at Pittsburgh uh, came with Carolina up by a couple. Uh, or maybe by two or three, rather, uh, late in the uh, late in the third period, Pittsburgh pulled the goalie. They had a six on four. Uh, so, like the last five on four power play goal was like twelve games ago. Carolina's killed off, even with the power play goal that ended it. They've killed off forty eight of their last fifty one 
power plays. Just incredible stuff. Um, but this one was all number 32. Uh, I know Alec and I talked about, uh, you know, briefly today on the show, and but also with each other off the air, like why is he starting uh, Ante Ranta today? A couple of things. Uh, one, uh, I do think that it's okay to give Freddie some rest, uh, a couple of extra days. Uh, and there are so many, there's so much concentration here between now and the end of the season. And by the way, now that we're into March, we've got two months left of this. Two months left of regular season hockey. And then, then you go right into the playoffs. Uh, and the number one thing for Carolina is getting Freddie Anderson to the playoffs healthy. So Ronta's probably going to get a lot more starts than you would have expected uh, that, you know, even if there aren't back-to-backs. But with a back-to-back Thursday, Friday, you know he was going to get one of them, so you thought, well, he'd probably go Freddie today, and then you could start Ronta if you want on Friday or Saturday, or Thursday in Washington or Friday against Pittsburgh. Remember, Ronta played the game in Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon last week. So I actually think that the plan all along was to have uh, Ron to play this, Freddie go in Washington, and then unless Freddie has a low event, uh, high uh, output, if you will, game, uh, come back with Ronta against the Penguins on Friday night at PNC Arena. Um, but so, but Auntie Ronta was tremendous tonight. Uh, 37 saves. Uh, he allowed four goals. I mean, there aren't going to be many better games where the guy allows four goals. Uh, and he would have, if Carolina would have sneaked out a win, uh, he's easily the first star of the game. Easily the first star of the game. Uh, here's what was good, I thought, for Carolina tonight. We'll talk more about this with Alec Campbell in a couple of minutes. Here's what was good about tonight. The top line, SAT line, Aho, Svechnikov, Taravainen. Yes, the, the power play goal, but five on five, they were great. They had the Larkin line for most of the night. They just didn't get anything out of it. And if you don't believe me, here's the head coach. Well, we had some guys play it really hard and really well. Um, you know, I actually thought the Ajo line was really good. They just didn't get rewarded for what they were putting out there. Um, and, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't love our second period. We were just flat. And that kind of sucked the life of us. I thought our third period was really good. Um, just a couple of weird bounces, right? We get ahead there, and it just you know flips on over Shazy stick there at the end. It's just some weird things happening. But overall, I mean, we weren't we weren't we weren't that great, um, but still in a position to win the game. Also thought that Jacob Slavin was was very good tonight. There was a turnover, but my gosh, uh, Brett Pesci was very good tonight, and of course Ranta was. Excellent. Meh, medium. The stall line in the third was very good. It was not very good in the first two lines. They were getting just dusted, I thought, in the first two periods. Uh, But they were good in the third. um, And they created two goals. So, obviously, very good in the third. But uh, even then, in the third, they were a little bit bit behind the play. Uh, Ethan Bear was okay. I didn't have any problem with Ethan Bear. Uh, Ian Cole was okay. And I thought Trocek was pretty good tonight. 
I do. I, Carolina was not great in the face-off circle. Trocek was very good in the face-off circle. On the other end of that spectrum, Brady Shea, no good tonight. He had, to, he had, he had a tough time. He had a tough time in overtime as well. Uh, Natchez, more overtime, poor decisions. You know, he never had control of the puck, and then he lost it trying to uh, stick candle through everybody. Just, dude, live to fight another day. You know, I, I took a lot of heat on Twitter for criticizing Natchez and his decision-making in overtime. Martin Natchez is struggling. Joe Namath to Susie Colbert struggling. Um, but it's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because Detroit played better. We now turn to my man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Intermission, Aftermath, Hurricanes Radio Network. Um, how would you characterize tonight? Um, I would say that tonight was uh, mistake-prone, self-inflicted. Um, that's kind of how I would characterize it. I mean... I kind of feel like in the end, Carolina was chasing it for a lot of the night tonight. I mean, they weren't far behind. And, like, there were a lot of times when I felt like it was a pretty competitive game, a, a, a pretty even game. But uh, in the end, I think that they probably got what they deserved at the end, you know, when it, when it was all said and told. And I think Detroit was just the more engaged team for – more of the game tonight. And Ron's had to bail them out a number of times until they were particularly <laughs> loose defensively tonight. Um, so there were just too many great A's, breakaway type situations that occurred tonight. And eventually, things like that kind of come back to bite you. I mean, and I get it. Like, they had chances to win the game. They had two leads in the game. They had a 3-2 lead with less than four minutes to go. But they just they just never were fully or as engaged as Detroit was. So, you know, and it was close. It was fairly even, but I think in the end they got with it. Yeah, I think, uh, as I said before uh, at the very beginning of this, on one hand, Detroit was better and deserved to win. On yeah. the other hand... Carolina had a 3-2 lead with under four minutes to go and probably should have won. Could have won, yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, at that point, I mean, if you just do what you're supposed to do and you, and yeah. you close it down over the last four minutes because you're good enough to do that, uh, right. you skate out of there with two points uh, even though you weren't the better team. And I'm not saying they got housed because they didn't. It was a relative, I think yeah. you're right. It was a pretty relatively close game. But again, I think Detroit was better. So on one hand, Carolina got a point and I think you should be happy about that. But on the other hand, yeah, probably could have had two. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, for game, the Shea turnover. Yeah. I mean, games turn out like that all the time yeah, where absolutely. you come out where you come up with two points when you're not really the better team, you know, or you lose on nights when you are the better team. So they could have won the game. I mean, that it wasn't yeah. it wasn't out of reach to do that, but it was just one of those things where, you know, over and over and over again, you put yourself in bad spots, and eventually it comes home to roost. And I know that the the penalty in overtime was sort of a fluky type deal, 
but it just was sort of indicative of the rest of the night. Not a lot was going right for Carolina, and that was just kind of another example in a big spot. Yeah, it looked like the too many men in the ice might have been caused by, uh, I think, was it uh, Pesci trying to go off the ice? It looked like he was hit at center yeah. ice as he was trying to go off the ice. I mean, yeah, I guess you could have called interference, but it's, it did seem also incidental, so uh, no harm, no foul, but it led, arguably, to... Uh, to the too many men of the ice because if Pesci is unencumbered to the bench. Now, I, I think Tripp pointed out, and I think he said it correctly, Carolina's got to wait. Like, yeah. it, it, would, it, it happened at center ice. So if you jump on the ice, you have to be aware of who's coming off. So it was, you know, a mental mistake on whoever was the last guy on. Um, I do think that on the Shea turnover... Uh, that led to the Lark that gave Larkin the puck on his stick right yeah. in front of Ranta. Uh, Pesci was absolutely hit high uh, by Nemesnikov on that play. Uh, you mm-hmm. could see Pesci looked like he might have been a little stunned. And even on the yeah. Detroit broadcast, which I listened to the highlight uh, of the goal, and you listen to the Detroit broadcast on Detroit goals, they were like, huh, Nemesnikov might have gotten away with a high hit. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely did. Again, did it impact the play? No. Uh, so it didn't cause the goal, but I mean, it could have been called, in which case the goal would not have happened. They would have just blown yeah. the whistle as soon as Larkin had the puck. But ultimately, it's a turnover by Shea. And then I think the overtimes are probably more distressing to me than anything because does. Do we need to teach them the rules again in overtime? <laughs> it was pretty wild. I mean, the first couple, first minute or so was pretty crazy. Um, so the, just going back to the to the line change real fast. The uh, like, I, I agree that you you got to be paying attention, you know. But I think so much of that is muscle memory, and you're trying to get an edge as best as you can. Uh, to get on the ice and off the ice, um, that it was just sort of a a, a a lap, but nothing I really fault anyone too much for. But I mean, you do have to be paying attention, right? I mean, you can't just you, you can't just be uh, be a robot all the time. And I, I understand the the effort to try to you know get an edge and get on the ice, but you do have to pay attention. Um, but the, the the overtime period was, I mean, uh, it was crazy that the first the, the the first sequence of overtime where uh, forget who it was Slavin who had a chance, and then that's a quick up to Bertuzzi, yeah, and then you know Ranta makes a save, and then Taravainen hits the post on the <laughs> other end. I mean, it was crazy, right? What happened? I mean, so there's another situation where Carolina could have won the game, yes, and. Uh, and, 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 you know, maybe he walks away with two points and it doesn't happen for him. That's just kind of the way the cookie crumbled. Yeah. But even, and, and then later in the overtime, when they had a chance to corral the puck, Jordan Stahl couldn't control. I know Mike said the, uh, the pass was too far for him. No, looked like the pass went right off Stahl's stick. Uh, Natchez tried to stick handle through all three Red Wings, lost yeah. the puck. It went the other way. 
Uh, Shea, Shea turned it over again. Uh, in the they were they were a mess in overtime. I thought uh, after that, especially after that opening maybe minute or so sequence, uh, they had no high danger chances. Detroit had four. Detroit had eight scoring chances in overtime. Eight. They had more yeah, scoring chances than shots. That's just sort of a microcosm of the game. I mean, yep. I felt like Detroit just had scoring chance after scoring chance tonight. So, anyway, not yeah. uh, not not put off, uh, you know, all that much by it. Kane's no. been playing pretty well, been getting good results, and uh, they'll go to Washington and try to uh, try to get two points there. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not. You know, like I said, I think for the most part it was actually fairly even. I mean, I thought that. Detroit had a couple of guys going pretty good. Dylan Larkin was good tonight. Uh, you know, you say, well, maybe that goal doesn't happen in the third, and part of me thinks Dylan was going to get one at some <laughs> point if he didn't get that one. Um, I mean, he had the one chance in the first period on their power play that he slid wide. Right. You know, he he hit the post at one point on a wide open net. Um, yes, you know, he, he did. was good. I, I thought Philip Ronick was good tonight. He was the first two periods, Philip Ronick was the Red Wings. I thought, um, you know, the 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 kid that uh, the kid Raymond was all was was around a lot tonight. He's dynamite. So they, they had they had some dudes going tonight. Yep. Um, Sam Gagne was going tonight. Um, that fourth line. I don't so know. Is, I don't, is, is it the is it the fourth line? The Gagne. Uh, Ernie and yeah. uh, Carter Rowney line. I think that's their fourth yeah, line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were they were excellent tonight. Something about the Wings has just been kind of a a fit for Carolina over the last couple of years. I he, feel like. I mean, even the last last year when they weren't very good, right? If I remember correctly, they were sort of a thorn. Oh yeah, they were. I think they won three times. It took three games from Carolina last year. Yeah, yeah. The I think I think this Detroit team. I mean, I, I think you can see the future. They've got size. They've got speed. Dylan Larkin's obviously a star. Uh, they have future stars in Raymond and Sider. They have good. They're they're good skaters on the back end. Ronick is as you mentioned. Ronick's very good. So they've got. This is a team that I think will be in the playoff mix next year. I absolutely do. We. I, I mean. I think Boston is in a way just kind of hanging on. And mm-hmm. I think Detroit is kind of a year away, maybe uh, either development of some of their own players or maybe adding another piece uh, away from being a playoff team in the Atlantic division. Yeah. I really do. I like, I like them. I, I'm look, I, I like Ned, but I'm not entirely sure. Ned is a top half of the NHL goaltender. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just he's he's okay. He played fine tonight. He was not uh, he was not awesome tonight, but I mean, he wasn't yeah, bad either. Um, agree. But and I think Carolina maybe uh, kind of didn't get the most out of some of their chances. Like I don't know how Aho Teravainen and Svechnikov didn't score three times at five on five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that line was utterly dominant tonight. Yeah. Um, they were all over the game. Aho was great. I mean, all three of them were great. Uh, could have had more and had just the one on the power play. Um, 
And Carolina was a little fortunate on the other goals, but you know what? So was Detroit on their game winner. Fell right to uh, Raymond on the side of the goal. And it was, it was a power play. Uh, and a four-on-three power play at that, which is uh, still pretty good. But, I, you know, the only thing that was disappointing for me was that I think once you got below the Ajo line, I think there were kind of holes in the lineup all night long. Uh, and it yeah. wasn't until the third period that the stall line showed up because they were getting kind of abused, I thought, in the first two periods. But it just wasn't a great night, you know, essentially uh, among the forward group for other, other than the Ajo line. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of funny that Rod sort of called everybody out after the game. You know, he, he pointed out the Ajo line specifically yeah. and then sort of was like, you know, there were some guys who, you know, were good tonight. Right. <laughs> you know, as if to say there were a bunch of dudes who just weren't weren't engaged tonight. There were one line, really, that was engaged. Uh, so I, I found that to be interesting. How about the... You know, the, wh- where were you on the goaltending situation when they decided to move on from Ned? Uh, I was, I think what I wrote initially was that uh, at, the, at, at the very least, it was a wash. But I yeah. thought that the potential was that Carolina had v- very much improved. But uh, but I said at the time, at the very least, I very least I think it's a wash. Um, Anderson's been great. Like I think Ranta's numbers do not tell the story. Like mm-hmm. there, I, I can't believe that there's a better nine oh nine save percentage performance in the league. I mean, nine oh nine is not great. It's okay, right? It's basically yeah. league average, but my yeah. gosh, was he great tonight? And I think for the most part, he's been he's been excellent. Yeah, I agree. I was actually a little surprised he got the start today, uh, just considering we get the back back to back on Thursday, Friday. I mean, I know they play again on what Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, so, um, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I guess we're going to get two starts for Ronta and two starts for Freddie. But I guess I just sort of assumed that we would get Freddie tonight. Uh, Well, Freddie's going to go in Washington. Freddie was 10-0-1 against Detroit in his (laughs) career. I mean, Ronta, I think, was 3-0 in his career against Detroit. Never lost. They were both good. (laughs) <laughs> They're both good. I mean, I don't know what kind of weight you put into those numbers. Like for me, it, it always feels like a tiebreaker, right? You know, like okay, we can't decide who we want to go tonight. Oh, you know, Freddie's ten zero and one. Let's go with him, right? You know, but year to year, I don't really know what the what those numbers actually mean. But I mean, Ro- Freddie's played two good games, including a, a shutout two games ago, right? And you have the back-to-back coming up on Thursday, Friday. I, I mean, why why don't you go with Freddie? I'm not. I don't. I don't really. It's not necessarily a criticism because right. I feel like they usually push the right buttons on these, and they obviously did tonight. Ronta was good, but Freddie tonight, Freddie again on Thursday, Ronta on Friday. 
Freddie on Sunday. Yeah. Seems logical. I, I agree with that line of thinking. My conversations with Rod have led me to believe that it's going to be not quite an even split, but more of an even split over the last two months. Um, mm-hmm. They're confident with Ronta and Net. He's certainly not costing them. Um, right. And the whole the whole goal is to make sure they get to May and Freddie is ready to go all the time. So I think that's where he is, and I think he wanted to give Ronta the Pittsburgh game again because Ronta played so well in the first Pittsburgh game last, uh, last Sunday. Uh, so... He's going to go Freddie on Thursday, give Ronta this one, uh, and then Freddie will come back Sunday against the Kraken. I, I'm, that's just, I think, the way they were thinking. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't ask Rod why, um, but I think we have, there are two things I'm not questioning with them. I'm not questioning line combinations, and I'm not questioning who plays goal. Yeah, no, I think right. they have two good options. Um, I, I've liked Ronta a lot. I think he's been really good. So I don't really have much of a of a quibble. Um, but considering yeah. how Freddie has played lately, his record against the team, it just feels like uh, his, you know his record against Detroit. I guess I was just I was expecting Freddie to play. But back to back to my question to you. I mean, I was kind of in the camp of keeping Nedeljkovic. Right. I mean, it was a guy that, like, you know, you've invested time in, into. Um, he's been around for a while. You know, he was pretty good last year as part of the, 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 the tandem. They were a good tandem. Yeah. Um, and you had Freddie coming off an injury, and it all felt like uh, sort of a weird move, but it has been the opposite of that. I mean, they absolutely made the right decision. Yeah. I mean, Ned Ned cost them at least one goal tonight. Uh, the one where he tries to play the puck behind the away, net, yeah. yep. and he doesn't get it out, and Pesci gets it and throws it out front, turns into Foss' goal. I mean, the, the save percentage and the numbers aren't necessarily there for Ned. I mean, he's not terrible. He's around league average you know, or maybe slightly worse. But, you know, those plays, too, are, are always sort of an adventure with him. Uh, so they, they definitely made the right call on Freddie and Ronta. Yeah, and I think the, the call was, first of all, I think the playoffs confirmed what they really believed of Ned and that he wasn't a starter. He wasn't a, a bona fide number one goaltender that he was at best part of a tandem, which they had been obviously comfortable using for the first three years of Rod Brindamore. Um, but ultimately, not a reliable option in the postseason because there were some, you know, there were some soft goals that he allowed in the postseason. Um, he, pl- he made great, he is incredible, you know, he can make great saves. Yeah. But he also and he's generally in. good playing the puck. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I heard trying to remember where I heard it, but just because you're great at playing the puck doesn't mean you have to. 
Right, right, right. And yeah, he gets a little. Yeah, he gets a little happy with that. Like he gets a little too excited to do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely with that. So that's so. I I kind of knew that they were ready to move on. Um, part of me thinks that they should have gotten more for for uh, a Calder Trophy finalist, uh, but I get it. Uh, and they got a second round pick. So that's uh, that's not bad. They got a second round pick for him. They got a second round pick for Jake Bean, which is probably more than they should have gotten for Jake Bean. Uh, but they got a second round pick because uh, I I don't think Jake Bean is. I think Jake Bean is okay at best. Okay, um, yeah. But uh, you know, Ned it remains to be seen. He's incredibly athletic, but he plays small, which which is kind of what they thought. Um. He also does not always stay like square. Uh, you know, he's not not always on his angles properly. From the people I have talked to, that's the one thing that they have looked at and said uh, he gets a little bit out of position, uh, which yeah, is kind of what Morozik used to do too. I was just going to say he's he's very he was very Morozik like in yeah. that sense. Like they they rely on their athleticism and their sort of nimble yeah uh, abilities to make up for the technical deficiencies. Yeah. And if you're six, three, as opposed to five eleven, you can get away with maybe not always being in great position, but when you're a smaller goalie, you got to be in position. You know, Freddie could probably get away with being out of position because he's six, four, two thirty. It is. There's not a lot of goal there when Freddie's in it. The only, uh, the only, the only thing uh, I'll say about Freddie is, is he, is he ever happy about anything? <laughs> does he ever, does he ever have a good time with anything? I don't know. I don't he know. He always seems mad. He always seems like he just doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like everyone's just, just, just completely, you know, he just begrudgingly talks. <laughs> I, like like, we're all just—it's a burden. We're all inconveniencing him all the time. Yeah, it's very possible that we are. Seems so. like he's always mad. Yeah, and it's the opposite of Ronto, right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have a good goaltender who's mad all the time than a bad goaltender who's, you know, whistling zippity doodah around the facility all the time. <laughs> no, he's—he's—he's uh, he, he's, he's very. I think we call it stoic. I, yeah. I would I would say he's very Danish, except I don't know that to be a trait of the Danes. It, I don't think it if is. You, if you notice his interviews, though, he always shoots at least one thing down that someone asks him about. <laughs> like someone will ask him something, and he'll be like, no, that, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that, yeah. or that doesn't matter, or whatever. <laughs> I'll have to pay attention to that next time. Yeah. I, I look one, for, I look there's, always, there's always one question. That he just completely shoots down. You think uh, the sun is going to come up tomorrow? Nope. No, probably not. Did you catch uh, Ronta's Finnish Mafia quote tonight? No, I didn't. He was asked a question about Aho and Teravainen. You know the the connection that they have, right? And he said, "I I I'll be paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what he said, but." said something about like, you know, the Finnish mafia is strong or something like that. <laughs> and my first thought was, 
the Finnish mafia feels like the kindest mafia I've ever heard of. Oh yeah. They, they would serve you like uh reindeer meatballs. Yes. The Finnish mafia provides little to no protection. <laughs> they just, they just bring gifts. <laughs> they give you massages and bring you, yeah. uh, and bring you lunch. Yes. That's what they, that's what they require of you. <laughs> will, will you allow us to bring you meatballs and give you massages? Sure. Like seriously. I mean, Ronta seems like the nicest dude. I, I have never spoken to a Finn that is not nice. Yeah. They're uh, it's, it's my favorite non-American country. Finland. Yeah. I mean, they just seem like, you know, a bunch of jolly people who like to eat like sweet candies and cakes and things all the time. Well, it's interesting that you say jolly because Finland is the home of Santa Claus. Did you know that? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's about an hour, the city, and I'm trying to remember the actual name of the city. It's about an hour and a half north of where Aho is from in Oahu. Or Ulu, Ulu. I don't know how it's called. So, uh, yeah, that's the home of Santa Claus. It's called uh, Rovaniemi. Uh, yeah, Rovaniemi. Rovaniemi is in Finland. It's in northern Finland. It's about an about an hour and a half, maybe two hours north of where Aho is from. So, jolly is the correct way to uh, to say it. Yeah, I mean, they, they just are very, like, Ranta, I mean, listen, I'll be honest, the only the only Finns I've really had any interaction with are the ones that play for the Hurricanes, and I'm talking about in my entire life. I right. did have I did have a friend whose dad was Finnish growing up, and uh, he, or no, was he Danish? I can't remember. Oh, now, yeah, he might have been Danish. Don't get those two mixed up. No, but his name was Finn. That's why. That's oh, okay. why I thought he was Finnish. Anyway, he was Danish. Either way, they're very nice people too. <laughs> but uh, but the so the only interactions I've ever had are with with, with hurricanes, and uh, they're all just very. Other than Ranta, he might be the most outspoken one. They're all seemingly very sort of soft-spoken people that are very kind and just treat you nicely. I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than like, you know, every interaction I've, I've never had a single like controversial interaction with Aho. And he's probably the one I've interacted with the most. Yeah. Like Tavo, Tavo's usually just kind of by himself. I mean, he, he's to the point where you really don't, there's, you know, I never really talked to Tavo all that often when we were allowed to go in the locker room right. because, He's just so quiet and so like reserved and just he doesn't really give you a ton. He's you know? unimpressed with anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Tavo has a pretty dry sense of humor. He was funny the other night. Yeah. After after their their win. So when people ask him after he'll score a couple of goals, 
uh, and they'll say, are you going to start shooting more? And he'll go, no. Like, I can't yeah. tell if that's just being honest. Maybe it is. Uh, but oh, I that's think what he, has, he joked about. Yeah, I think that's he has a dry sense about. of humor. So. Yeah, he was like, I've been told to shoot more. And someone was like, by who? By coaches? And he's like, yeah, coaches, teammates, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Andre should have sh- shot that puck uh, when he was trying to pass it back. Who was it, to Ethan Bear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he should have. I mean, yeah, know who you're passing to. Exactly. Remember, we we've talked about that. Uh, yeah. You want to, here's a fun fact about Sweden because you brought up Sweden and Denmark, uh, or rather Finland. You didn't bring up Sweden at all. Uh, no, Finland. But I throw them all in the same. Well, most people think Finland is a Scandinavian country, mm. and uh, technically, Scandinavia is. Norway, Sweden, Denmark. Finland, okay. Finland. I guess it, it kind of goes both ways. It's uh, bi-regional, if you will. Um, it's more Nordic or even Baltic than it is Scandinavian. But people will argue, for whatever reason that you would argue this, uh, that Finland is Scandinavian, but not really. Scandinavia is Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Uh, Denmark is lovely. We, uh, I know a former ambassador to Denmark, and that seems to me to be the greatest job ever. Yeah. Well, I met uh, I met Yuki Jokinen at the arena on oh, Sunday. Super human being. Yeah, dude. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, He's just in the booth. I'm doing my interview with Trip before the game, and he's just he's there. Yeah. And afterward, Trip introduced me to him, and he was like, just like, so it was, it was like he was waiting to meet me. Yeah. That's how it felt. He's like, a, I know uh, he wasn't. Yeah. He was waiting to talk to Trip. But I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know if you if you feel differently, but like I I mean, how many Finns have been around? A lot. Uh, yeah, look, I, you know, I didn't have a, uh, a, a warm relationship with Yoni Pitkinen, uh, mm. but you, Jokinen was great. Tuomo Rutu was great when, uh, when he was here, Eric Halla, no, but of course all the no. fans called him a fake fin. Um, <laughs> they did. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Halla was good. Halla was good early and he got worse as time went on. He got, he got angry. That's what his yeah, problem he was. did. He got angry yeah, and bitter. He, yeah, um, he was playing for a contract and he got hurt. And yeah, start losing some ice time and opportunity, and he knew he wasn't yeah. getting well, the contract here. So that's that's really why they had to get rid of him. Um, he got hurt after coming off of an injury, so yeah. it was like a recurring thing, which I could understand how that's frustrating. But he's, yeah, early on he was he was fine. Yeah, he's still an effective player too. For and he's you know. Playing fairly well for uh, for Boston. All right, final thing before uh, before we get out of here. Are you worried at all about Martin Natchez? I mean, I think you have to be, right? Yeah. I mean, what's it now? One goal in 24 games or something like yep. that? One in 24, 0 for his last 16. Uh, and, you know, Svechnikov went through stretches where he wasn't scoring. We talked about Stahl not scoring for two and a half months. But those guys were playing well without scoring. 
I don't think you can say the same thing about Natchez. Yeah, that's the thing is that those guys, it feels like they impact the game in other ways. And right now, it's like I'm not sure what Natchez does if he's not scoring. Or, or, you know, I mean, I think he's a good passer. So I think he can help. I think he can get assists. But it really just feels like lately he's been sort of a non-factor. Yeah, and then you go the game at Pittsburgh, uh, 11.39 of ice time. Overtime in Philadelphia, 14.22 of ice time. Uh, Columbus, a team Carolina was beating 4 nothing. 15 minutes of ice time, that's not bad. Uh, Edmonton, 10.48 of ice time. Uh, today, about 12 and a half minutes. So, Natchez, when he was playing well, was in the you know, uh, 17 to 19 minute range. And suddenly those numbers are severely uh, down uh, and he's not playing well. And I, it's a chicken or the egg thing. What leads to what? Uh, I like to think because I believe that Rod Brindamore puts guys on the ice that are either playing well or he has total trust in. And it takes a long time to lose that trust. So I think he's kind of lost that trust in Natchez right now. Uh, I'm not sure he only had the one shift. I have to look at it, but I mean, how many overtime shifts did he have? I don't think it was a ton. And you would think with his speed and his skill that he'd be playing a lot in overtime. Uh, But no, he had the one shift. Just the one shift. As a matter of fact... Natchez only had one shift before overtime in like the last 12 minutes of the game, and it wasn't a long one. He's probably on the ice for 30 seconds over the last 10 or so minutes of the game. So Derek Stepan is going to come back in the lineup at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Washington. Could you see Natchez yeah. come out? Yeah, I could. That would be a yeah, pretty bold move for Rod. He doesn't like to do that with players like Natchez. He doesn't. He took Jarvis out a couple of games ago. and But he took Jarvis oh. out when Jarvis was playing well for two games. Like, he was impacting the game enough positively uh, where I think psychologically he, he, you could tell Natchez, you could tell Jarvis, hey, man, you played fine. It was just your turn to sit. Natchez, it almost seems like it would be like, dude, you're not good enough to play right now. And that's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, but who comes out if Natchez doesn't come out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could take Okadiemi out. We oh, we've yeah. been down that road before. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I've I've kind of liked their line, and I've liked Okadiemi. I have I have too, but he has not played a lot at all the last few games. Oh, I mean, he was he was under ten minutes tonight. And uh, I believe he was about seven the other game. Kokodiemi, 846 uh, tonight. Uh, He was 
6.33 against Edmonton. Uh, under 10 minutes against Pittsburgh, 11.17 against Philly. Uh, he played more, 14.54 against Columbus. But uh, So his nice time has gone down too. Just, just something to think about because I believe they need Derek Stepan uh, to play Washington. I think, I think it'll be important to have somebody like that on the ice. But we'll see how it all, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, sir, I'm shutting this down. All right. I'm good with that. Uh, there's a baby crying. Uh-oh. Hope it's yours. It is mine. Excellent. Is mine. I, I know that cry from a mile away. All right. Just because the Hurricanes lost in overtime, uh, tell, uh, tell Decker it's okay. This trip. Oh, Decker's really? Trip. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, it, you'll have to explain it to him. All right. I'll tell him. All right. All right. I think that's good. For the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, I'm Adam Gold. For the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. AluminumCompany.com. No obligation estimate online for you. So uh, tell Sammy Hanna's crew we said uh, we said hi. Uh, you can follow the Cades Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating and a review uh, and let us know what you think. We're here after every Hurricanes game. Special treat coming up later in the week in the podcast. John Forsland. You know, they're coming to uh, the Seattle Kraken are coming to PNC Arena on Sunday. So we'll talk to John on the podcast and on the show uh, until, uh, until Thursday after the Canes take on Washington. I'm Adam. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.